Hello, Lisa. Hello, Diana. Welcome to Should We? Creative conversations about the everyday choices that make us. just feel like I need to let you know that I'm still waking up. <laughs> I mean, I did my best to be like, you know, in a really good place for this moment, but also I am where I am, and that is I didn't sleep a lot last night. Oh, no. Yeah, but, you know, like, here we are in Women's Audio Mission, and it's a very safe and cozy place, and I'm wearing yoga pants. As am I. Yeah, we're comfortable. So our listeners can get comfortable too as I work on waking up. <laughs> uh, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> well, first I want to talk about grout fits. Do you know about grout fits? No. What? <laughs> this is a term I believe I learned from the one and only Katie Jo, um, amazing person, also a podcaster. Uh, her podcast is called Sweet and Sour. She does it with her sister, Nicole. Shout out Katie and Nicole. Mm-hmm. Uh, grout fits are all gray outfits. <laughs> <laughs> is that kind of what you're wearing? Well, yeah, or? that's that's why it was on my mind. But okay. here's my question. Can a grout fit include the color black? Because it is all this monochromatic spectrum. It's all on a spectrum. So I'm wearing black maternity yoga pants. Mm -hmm. They have belly support. (laughs) Shouldn't all yoga pants have belly support? All yoga pants should have belly support. I have a question about that. I've often wondered about this, that like maternity pants have like belly support. And I'm like, well... But does it push on your belly? Does it, you want it to push on your belly? Yeah. So maternity leggings is a very important category of clothing. And I'm wearing them pretty much exclusively these days in my eighth month of pregnancy. You don't want compression per se, because normally compression is sort of like keep it all tight. And you're not going to be tight while you're pregnant. No. At all. But these leggings, which I saw advertised on Instagram, have some sort of like x-shaped compression band support so that it's actually like it's just under the belly that it's lifting and then the rest of it it's like allowing space to be spacious and then it has a little bit more kind of elastic at the top so that it stays Mm -hmm. smooth and so the support underneath is like a good thing it's a good thing you want some help holding that belly up you want to re you want to shift some of the weight from your belly to your back Got it. Okay, it's about weight distribution. Yes, exactly. Thank you. That really helped me. <laughs> and another burning question I have is like, will you ever go back to any other kind of leggings or pants after this? Well, it's Why would you? All maternity brands try to advertise their wares as being good before and after pregnancy because they want you to feel like it's a better investment. So they're like, great for the full nine months and postpartum. And you know, we've talked about investment clothing. Oh, absolutely. It's not a thing. It's an illusion. Yeah, completely. So anyway, we'll see. I think that there was a time in early pregnancy where maternity leggings felt baggy. 
Um, so I think mm. that they do have a little too much room, but who knows what my body will be like after after this baby comes. Anyway, so grow fits, I'm wearing black leggings, a gray tank top, and a gray open blazer. Slack it. It's a slacket. It's a slacket. You're right. You're totally right. (laughs) (laughs) This, you know, for those who aren't familiar with this term, it's a jacket that's kind of like a sweater, too. Mm. Less structured blazer. Wouldn't that be like a swacket? Oh, maybe. No, but... Did I just make this word up? You might have, but I like it. It's for slacking. Jardigan? <laughs> yeah, I think you're an, right. It's a jardigan. That's another term. Yeah. Now, what is that combining? That's jacket and cardigan. Ah, yeah, it's kind of yes. like that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think I may be wearing a grout fit and I'm into it. Oh, and my boots are gray too. So I would be full grout fit if not for this question, this lingering question about whether black is a shade of gray. Well, we're just going to have to ask Katie. Yeah. Maybe she can weigh in in the comments. That would be great. So it's kind of a funny moment. Yes. Diana, you are in the first day of a new chapter. Please tell me about it. Where are you at in this moment? So when we were talking about what to call this episode, we decided to go with should we shift gears? Mm-hmm. And that feels really real for me today because I'm loudly shifting gears inside of me from work to maternity leave. Last week was my last week of work before maternity leave. It's different everywhere, but in California and at my specific employer, it's totally common to take time off before the baby comes. And how much are you taking off before the baby? Mm, like two and a half weeks. Or before your due date? Before the due date. And he could come anytime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he actually could come anytime right now. He's full turn. I keep saying that and people who've had kids are like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, it's very unlikely actually that he would come this early. Anything could happen. Anything could happen. I'm trying to be ready for anything. So... Anyway, so I planned uh, maternity leave to begin like sort of on a week boundary. So I was going to work a Monday through Friday and then kind of call it quits. Um, And so now here I am. Uh, Yesterday was my last day of work. I'd given everyone lots of advance notice. Obviously, they also had the advance notice of my growing belly. (laughs) 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 So it felt a lot like quitting a job, actually, but... Uh, less fraught, I would say, because it's not about the company and it's not about the people. It's obviously just about this baby. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So nobody has any complicated feelings about it. As far as I could tell, it's just like, you're great and we'll really miss you. And so it was a very pure, very meaningful experience of departure. Um, I got a lot of really nice, heartfelt, deep conversations with people the past few weeks. My coworkers threw me a baby shower yesterday, which was really sweet. I just worked on a new presentations product for Quip, which is where I work. And the team made me like, it must have been like a 40 slide deck of, it was like an e-greeting card in presentation form, but it's a collaboration product. So they all like collaborated on it and they were all (laughs) like in the slide deck at the same time, adding like 
cute animated stickers and like really nice text. And they had more room to write than people normally do on a card, although they also made me a physical card. And so I got these really amazing notes and I was just sitting there in this conference room that was decorated with balloons, like openly weeping in front of like 30 people and just like hunched over the laptop that was attached to the screen just paging forward and like weeping (laughs) (laughs) while everyone sort of watched the big screen and ate ice cream because everyone knows I love ice cream. So it was really special. It was a really special day. Wow. I'm so happy for you, Diana. I'm so happy you got to have that moment of closure and that it was so beautiful. I'm kind of wondering, like, for the sake of our listeners, would you be open to sharing some of the worries and fears you had leading up to, like, beginning leave? Oh, the worries and fears are still there. I mean, so. (laughs) (laughs) What are you afraid of? (laughs) (laughs) What am am I petrified about? I mean, first of all, I'm really excited for this baby. It's going to be great, I think. I can't predict exactly what it'll be like, and I'm I'm ready for that. And that's very different from the way I normally lead my life. I've been thinking about it as this kind of convergence and then opening where at work we just got through our major conference of the year. So it was the busiest, busiest, busiest time of year. And it was busy for me, too, because I was in the thick of it. And then that wrapped up about two weeks ago. And so after that wrapped up, I still was going to work, but it was more in the theme of like winding down, tying off loose ends. And now I'm facing a few weeks where I can't really make hard commitments. People would be fine if I canceled (laughs) because I was going into labor. So (laughs) I'm under no illusions that I'm like, at risk of disappointing people or letting them down. Isn't that nice? It's so nice. What if you always operated like <laughs> I that? I know, I know. It's been great because normally I try not to make excuses for myself, but I've been just going, when I make appointments with people, even the past few weeks, I was like, you know, just in case this, I can't make it, I'll try to let you know, but here's, you know, another person you can reach out to if I disappear off the face of the earth for a while. <laughs> and I could always do that, you know, I can always do something like that. I can always point people to what to do if I can't be there. So it was very illuminating. But anyway, so convergence and then opening. So there was this high pressure all directing toward this one kind of moment in time event at work that was extremely predictable. We've known exactly what day it would happen on for a year. And probably some people on the planning committee have known for multiple years. In terms of like a work thing. In in terms of a work thing. And then here we are on the other side of that where anything could happen any day. I can't really make appointments. I can't really make firm commitments. And I need to exist and I will spend my time doing something. Everyone says use this time to rest and enjoy yourself. It does get a little harder to enjoy yourself when walking is very heavy. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't exactly know how I'll be spending my time. And I think that is probably the biggest open question on my mind is, what will I do with my time? And I think that feels fraught mainly because in the past when I've had big open stretches of time, it's like at least a 50-50 chance that I'll just spend it like worrying. Mm. And 
I, you know, as you were describing this, I thought of this phrase that I've encountered in literature before, a pregnant pause, <laughs> which is meant to be like figurative, mm-hmm. right? A pause that's like full, uh, almost like about to burst. Like it's not just like an empty pause mm-hmm. or like a still pause, but a uh, like a, a one with urgency. And it seems like that's the sort you're in, actually. That is exactly right. It's full of anticipation. I'm very full as a human of another human. (laughs) And I think that I have a plan for how not to wither away. It's just so funny. I mean, I think that the, the thing that feels funny about it is all my life, I feel like I crave blank space and now I'm about to have some blank space and I'm freaked out by it. <laughs> how funny is that? Yeah, and you were like, I have a plan for how not to wither away. <laughs> Are you afraid of withering away? Well, what physically, does, no, but... <laughs> what does that mean? I think that if I just, like, darted... I mean, I, as you know, I took a, a week-long staycation earlier this year th- where I ended up just the most miserable I've been in a long time. And I'm just trying to not repeat that. Because this will feel in many ways like a staycation, although it also has other qualities. But, you know, I will be at home, staying at home. I have some house projects I would love to do, but none of them have to happen. And I can sort of do whatever I want, but I can't actually do that much. Mm. It seems like it kind of goes back to this thing where, like, vacations are hard for you. Mm-hmm. Like, significant breaks from work are hard for you could be and I want to leave myself open to the possibility that maybe I figured it out you know I have done a lot of work on how I relate to time off and freedom and I think that one of my big findings has been that when I expect time off to be perfect no other way to put it when I'm like oh I've been waiting for this so now that it's finally here I should love it doesn't really match the reality of life where every day is good and bad. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that just treating vacation and staycation and this pregnant pause as a time when every day will have annoyance and joy in it. And it's just a chance to have different annoyance and joy than usual. As you were saying, like every day has good and bad in it. I had this memory of like a time where I was living with a family for a little while. It was not my biological family. And they had two really little kids and they had this ritual where at the dinner table every night they would go around and do best and worst. And each person would say the best and worst part of their day. And, you know, one of these people was like maybe like, Two or something. <laughs> it was adorable. <laughs> but also the parents would do it too. Mm-hmm. And I just loved it. I just loved it. And for me, it was, I was in a very hard time personally. But like I had to do it too. And I had to find the best in my day. And like I always could find. And just being able to like take a moment and just choose one worst thing and one best thing. <laughs> And notice them and eat dinner and go to bed. Like, it was very satisfying. That's great. I think that I do have aspirations for this time, which in the scheme of things, I believe will feel brief. 
finally I'm gonna you know meditate journal and vlog every day (laughs) so isn't that the dream the dream always the dream I said that to my friend Christina and she was like no low expectations (laughs) (laughs) also I got a notification from Headspace this week it's so funny I have Headspace on my phone true confessions I have not meditated in a very long time, but I did say yes to receiving notifications from Headspace, and I actually love the (laughs) notifications, and one that I got, I think, this week was saying basically like, wait a second, maybe it was Headspace, maybe it was something you sent me from a book, or maybe it was both. It was this idea that like waiting for the space in your life when you can finally meditate is like besides the point Mm -hmm. like the point is like you know meditation or whatever the intention is behind that incorporated into regular life and then bringing that same intention to like whatever you do Mm -hmm. like chores or like whatever regular stuff yeah, that's life, you know. That's life. Life isn't going to begin after we're done with all our work. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I think that's the story that's really throwing me for a loop as I shift gears is a part of me still believes that my life can begin <laughs> as soon as I'm done with all my work, as soon as I finish all my tasks. And that is especially confusing and confounding because I did just finish all of my tasks at a, the place where I normally generate most of my tasks, uh, which is at, at the office at my job. So I think that I have a sense that I can acknowledge and complicate, but it's ultimately still there that like this is my chance to live my best life. And at the same time, it's not mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it's like we, we we considered a title for this episode or I, like I did and you were like no was <laughs> 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 should we begin again and now I get it why that's not the right title because it's like no but it's not like and now we begin living right it's like we've already been living and we're gonna keep living and we're, we're gonna shift gears Yeah. And as I said, this is not the time to live my best life. It's like, well, it is as much as any time is. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, your best life is not the life after all the work is done. Mm -hmm. Right. I like work. I don't even want to be done with work. Right. (laughs) Uh, But I am done with my job job for now for a while. Mm -hmm. What kinds of gears are you shifting? Oh, I knew this was coming. (laughs) wow diana i'm actually a little nervous to talk about it but also really excited i really wanted to talk about this today in the recording studio so you know probably about a year ago we did an episode where i talked about going independent and that was a big shifting gears moment for me where i moved on from a great full-time job to really take some risks, uh, strategic risks, and to do some contracting work and start to build my coaching practice. That really evolved over the course of the year, and it actually turned into 
like the contracting work became like a part-time job that I really love. And at the same time, my coaching practice has grown and evolved. Then over the past five or six weeks, I had all of these like travels and so many things that were outside of my usual routine and got me out of my comfort zone. Like as I was doing that and as I was coming back, I had all this new perspective. I was like, oh, like things have grown and shifted. It's time for another, like some, something is emerging for me. It's like I started having all these ideas. I started thinking about all I've learned over this past year and like forever that I would love to share in new ways. So I decided to create a new brand called Cocoon. It is very much like an evolution of Should We, like a sister brand or something. Almost like Should We is a really great plant. <laughs> and I took a, like a, cut out a trimming and yeah. I'm, I'm planting a new uh-huh, plant. Uh-huh. I'm really excited about it. I am too. <laughs> um, it's for people who are underrepresented at work or in their fields. It is about, well, it should feel very cozy, like a really cozy space for introspection and personal growth and transformation and defining success on your own terms, which is something I have been really working hard at for a while. And I'm seeing some of the fruits of that. I want Cocoon to be a resource and a space for where I'll generate different experiences to support people in those things. And the very first offering is called Cocoon Collective. (laughs) (laughs) What does your face say? Uh, Anticipation. (laughs) Yeah, I have a lot of anticipation about it, too. So it's basically a small group experience. Can I describe it through the Instagram ad that I've been imagining for it? Of course. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I'll actually make this ad. Also, if you're listening and you're like an illustrator and you're like, I want to make that ad, just like, please send me a note. Lisa at shouldwe.co. Okay, so here's the ad. Well, there are two, actually. The first one is an illustration of, like, a conference table. And there are a bunch of bananas sitting around the conference table. And one apple. A lot of bananas and one (laughs) apple. And then it says, like, tired of being the only apple in the room? (laughs) (laughs) And then you, you swipe, and the next image is of that apple in a bowl with a pineapple and a bunch of grapes and a nectarine and a kumquat. And it's like, wow, it's not like, oh, the apple um, finally gets away from all those bananas into an apple barrel. No, it's like, oh, it's not weird to be an apple anymore. We're all just great fruit <laughs> together. <laughs> um, 
And then the the other ad is of a swimmer. The first image is a swimmer sort of dipping their toe into the water, a little hesitant, like uh, really thinking about taking a leap. Like they have ideas or like a lot of shoulds, like 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 um, positive shoulds. Like, should I put myself up for a promotion? Should I? apply for a conference talk should i start my this business i've been wanting to start or like whatever and um but they're sort of dipping their toe in and not really sure and then the next you swipe and the next one it zooms out and there are a bunch of other swimmers all different all already in the water and they're like welcoming you in they're like, yeah, it feels great in here. The water is warm. We'll do it together. We'll share ideas. Basically, it's a group coaching experience that is like the advisory board of your dreams. And it meets by video call. So you can wear your pajamas or whatever. You can sit in your favorite chair and open a browser and enter this portal of cocoon. What do you think, Diana? Well, it's beautiful and also so vivid. You have such a vivid imagination. (laughs) (laughs) I really do. I definitely get feedback sometimes from like clients or like colleagues who are like, um, there's a, a lot of metaphors happening here all mixed together. <laughs> like, where are we going with this? <laughs> I do have a lot of metaphors. Uh, <laughs> well, you've thought this through so much, and it's basically already real. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's happening, and I'm just like really excited to talk about it on this podcast. Because I just really have a hunch that if you love listening to Should We, you will love being a part of Cocoon. Um, It's basically just another way to participate, to engage in honest, vulnerable, creative, and transformative conversations. About the everyday choices that make us. About the everyday choices that make us. (laughs) Yeah. One of my all-time favorite uh, listener compliments is that they will sometimes start talking back to us in the car or whatever when they're listening because they forget that it's like not a two-way conversation. And this is a many-way conversation. It's actually a conversation that other people can join in on live. Exactly. And I also wanted to say that it's designed for people who are identify as underrepresented in some way. I also recognize that we have a lot of listeners who may not feel underrepresented. Well, basically, we have a lot of lovely listeners who are men, who are white, who may be cisgendered. That's okay. And if you were listening along and you were like, I want that too, like, please also, you know, let me know. I I don't want it to be exclusive. I want it to be inclusive and diverse. That's the point. It's just 
as long as you are ready to be in a space that's not all bananas, <laughs> 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 then you are welcome. <laughs> well, and I think that you're in this moment of kind of vibrant, imaginative explosion and knowing what interest is out there, even if it is 10 degrees off from this vibrant vision, like you can expand the vision. Yeah. I mean, if you're listening to your, to this and you're like, oh, I kind of want that, but actually I want this other thing more, like you can totally let me know. You can sign up at the-cocoon.co. I have a URL. <laughs> it's official. <laughs> this is really happening. I didn't even know you'd gotten that far. Yeah. I mean, as we're speaking right now, there, you can't get into the website. Like if you went to that, you if you, Diana, went to that website right now, you, you would have to put in a password and I wouldn't give you the password because there's nothing there. But by the time we publish this, yes, there will be something wow. there. It's so real. Oh, that's so real. That's amazing. What does it mean to you to be opening up to group coaching? Hmm. What does it mean? I think it's it's definitely been a process for me, as you know, like because I'm such an introvert, being in groups, facilitating groups was something that used to seem really exhausting and like scary for me. And it's been a years long process of growing into that and actually learning a lot about what makes a group healthy and generative? What do I need in a group in order for it to not take everything out of me? And now I'm in a place where like I've been able to like facilitate or participate in groups that I just loved and I, I got something out of them that is different from the special things that you can get out of a one-on-one conversation. And so I feel ready to create more of that. Yeah, one thing that I've felt from going through a bunch of group programs is that some progress only happens in community. Mm -hmm. How cool that you'll be bringing people together to see each other clearly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and also just kind of marking, it feels like a milestone for me in my coaching practice where I'm at a point where I've seen so many patterns. Every person's story and path is unique and individual, but there are themes that just come up over and over again across people. And like, uh, there are so many times when I will know that someone else I'm coaching is going through something really similar, or they just did, or they had a great idea about how to approach this situation. I I need to maintain confidentiality, you know, and um, of course I'm I just want to like meet each person where they are, but I think being able to bring people together in small special groups could be a way for people to choose themselves to share and to like notice that they're not alone. There's another thing that this is kind of like a response to something I'm mad about. (laughs) I mean, I'm mad about the patriarchy and sort of like boys clubs or whatever. I don't 
really know what phrase to use for it. But I've been in situations that are so exclusive and um, where I'm like the only woman there, I become invisible. And so I just listen because it's just a bunch of guys talking about very exclusive things. And I'm like, I have been a fly on the wall and I have been listening about to like what they are sharing with each other. And I have been like, I wish I had known that, but I never would know that like thing, things like negotiating Mm -hmm. offers or deals or, you know, things that seem like they just happen mysteriously behind closed doors and everyone's doing it differently. But some people are like getting together and sharing information. And we do that with each other, you and me. Mm -hmm. We share information to like compare notes and I want to create spaces for that to be able to like share notes just that are more like existential but sometimes also pretty tangible ones like you know I have a job offer is this offer reasonable am I going to get paid what I'm worth how much should I ask for Mm. yeah that also gives me an idea which gives me some chills which is Coaching people to peer coach other people about negotiating offers, yeah. I think, is one of the highest leverage ways to equalize society. Just because I've been through this with many people, sometimes as a coach, sometimes as a friend, where it just takes about 90 minutes to help someone shift gears from they're going to rescind the offer if I ask for more to, okay, this is normal. I have a little bit of a script in the back of my head and I'm going to try. And it never once has backfired in my limited experience. Mm -hmm. But I love being able to do that for people. But I also want everyone to be able to do that for each other. And it's a thing. It's totally a thing. And just like you said, shifting from, but if I ask for too much, they're going to take it away. I just want to say like the one thing that has helped me the most in negotiating um, came from conversations with you. Like my benchmark for myself now when I'm negotiating like some sort of offer is basically I want them to laugh at me or (laughs) say like no like no freaking way you know Uh or get like pretty uncomfortable or like oh geez maybe that makes me sound not very nice or something but it tells me I reached the limit Mm -hmm. it tells me I, I asked for everything I could it that is the information I wanted to get which is are you giving me the top of the band or not? <laughs> and, you know, I've definitely had experience where someone was like, this is the top of the band, you know, the salary band. And then you get in the company and you're like, that was not the top of the band. Or you put me in the wrong level. So I'm the top of the band at a terrible level that makes no sense, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think, like, I've literally had people laugh at me you know, so many times and, like, the first time or two, it's uncomfortable. And then, but now I'm like, but I got the information I needed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love picturing someone laughing at you for asking for food <laughs> <laughs> and you being totally unfazed because that's where you're at now. 
is easier when you're on the phone and they can't see your oh, face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like sweating palms. <laughs> it's even easier in email. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So this is just one example of things that can unfold in community. Yeah. And uh, I think it's one thing when your coach coaches you through it, and that can be really effective. It's another when people are sharing their fears, and then one person has a really positive experience from their past that they can share, and then the whole room shifts. Yep. Definitely. The whole Zoom room. Yeah. <laughs> or Google Hangouts. Or Google Hangouts. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's basically about, like, Cocoon is a space for shifting gears. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of shifting gears. I want to make space for other people to shift gears. And you have shifted gears right now. I am shifting gears. I don't know that shifted gears is ever oh, yeah. permanently past tense. It's not um, like done. Done, yeah. But it is a really, I mean, I woke up this morning and I still had some narrative threads from work going in my head and just noticing them float by and being like, can't do anything about that. Can't do a thing about that. Um, and of course I could do a thing about them. Like I found a small bug that I feel like I would love to report but I know that that's just the that's the slippery slope like if I log back in to report the bug you know everything's uh everything's downhill from there so Mm -hmm. I really want to try to preserve and protect this time even if it's challenging for me and I want to leave open the possibility that it won't be that challenging Mm -hmm. maybe the last few challenges I had have prepared me for taking on these next zero to 16 days mm. in, in taking them in stride. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to be open to that, but it is a big unknown. Is this where we end? This is the end for now. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Diana. And thank you to all our listeners and supporters. You support us and nourish us in so many different ways. And thank you to Women's Audio Mission for being our recording home. You're the best. <laughs> <laughs>